the relative humidity 79%. And that's the news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to The Week on 3. I'm Christy Lai. Hope you all had a fantastic week with great weather and sunshine. If it's your first time joining me, I'll be bringing some of the best interviews from the past week here on Radio 3. So Tuesday was International Women's Day, and in some parts of the world, they call it the Goddess Festival. For this year's International Women's Day campaign, the theme is Breaking the Bias, where we hope for a world free of bias, stereotypes, and discrimination. Speaking of breaking down barriers and bias, partners of rugby-themed gastropub KK and Martini shared with Sadia Usmani their wonderful story about how a group of friends came together and started a bar in the vibrant downtown Causeway Bay. They were also one of the first few pubs that introduced the beer culture to Hong Kong, and also introduced to the public that sports such as rugby are for everyone no matter what shape or size. Uh, to share a little bit more context, um, the five of us actually grew up together. We, we started playing rugby at maybe 16 years old together when we were underage. And when we grew up, we actually be playing at different clubs. Mm -hmm. So we are not from the same clubs, but growing up together, we found a lot of mutual interest together. Um, it's, it's always a nice idea for us to think of where can we actually hang out after training um, from different locations? And at the end of the day, we think that Causeway Bay is our home for a lot of our rugby clubs, where we belong. And it'd be great for us, you know, to, to stage there, um, have a sort of permanent uh, venue for us to gather together, uh, gather, group together, um, you know, chat all things about rugby and all things about work or anything really um, in life. Um, I think it's a really great idea that KK and my other partner came up with. And I still remember I, it was probably the first or second year of, uh, of me studying work and I opt in with that idea. And um, it's a shame to say I didn't really involve in a lot of the operationals, but um, KK and my other partner's been really helpful throughout the whole journey and to date I'm still very grateful we have ruggers and this year mark our 11th anniversary. Wow wow so it's been 11 years now you know you guys were quite young like the, you're young girls you know 21 23 24 and you just come up with this idea what kind of um, reaction did you get because I suppose you know the whole I mean, stereotypical thing that you know people associate rugby with men and then suddenly these girls are saying like we want to open this thing called ruggers how what do people say to you what kind of reaction did you get I think obviously people would think that's that's such a silly <laughs> um, that's such a silly idea I would say is it's probably less about men's and women's probably mm -hmm. more about a stereotype yeah. towards rugby yeah uh, you know like rugby is not the most common sport in Hong Kong um, it's more a niche sport when people think oh this is a sport for expat um, this is not a sport for local and it's just happened that we are all local and we are the ladies in in the field um, so 
I, I don't think anyone when they think of when they heard of our idea, they thought we would succeed in this field. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's it's all about our mentality. You know, we are strive to, you know, to actually rather than you know having a successful business, we were aimed to provide um, a really rugby community for our players, either men's or women's, um, to have a space where we can talk everything about rugby. We can watch rugby together. Um, we can actually promote our sport um, within Hong Kong. I think that's more the key, the the key objective that we we are the reason why we have ruggers. Mm-hmm. And now, eleven years on, um, obviously within the last couple of years, we've had the pandemic and there's been difficulties. But do you feel that you kind of achieved what you wanted to do? Did you get a good turnout to ruggers, people coming in and and enjoying that whole rugby feel? Uh, I think definitely. Um, Eleven year ago, years ago, um, we we had one shop. Right now, we have two shops. Um, I still remember the very beginning of the years. Uh, we actually attract a lot of the long rugby audience. Uh, one of the reason we put a lot of rugby balls in our decker in in the shop, where people were like, "What are those? And what are this giant um, size ten balls?" Um, in here mm-hmm. and all the kind of championship and box and things like that and um, this is how we actually open the door um, for a lot of the new audience um, through rugby and through ruggers um, which is always good to see and I'm sure you know from KK uh, experience we did uh, we did manage to recruit quite a few players um, no. both men's and, mm-hmm. men's and female to actually join our community and play rugby that's fantastic. KK, for you, obviously you've been involved right from the start too. What were the most kind of challenging parts of it? Obviously setting up, I mean, you know, as I said, 11 years on, you're, you're all set, but how how difficult was it? I think first, like what Martini just mentioned, like with where where our age and like we start the film, it's a Wafi film. And that's the first thing I think people was like, wow, that's, because by that time it's really quite, quite a new idea in Hong Kong. And the second thing is, by that time, most of the bar in Hong Kong, they were like, mainly they selling the wine, the cocktail. But for records, really beginning, we set our, like, the main product, like, the main drink in the, in the bar was, like, beer. Mm-hmm. So people was like, beer? Like, oh, because beer. by, <laughs> by their mind, it's like, yeah, like, really normal thing. By that time, like, really commercial, like, brand. But we were import the beer from like different different country, like really you need high percent. But that time when people walk in, whoa, like I never like first time when we mentioned people was like, No, it doesn't work. People in Hong Kong they only love gin wine, they love the fancy cocktail or the fancy like uh gin vodka, but definitely not beer. But then when we start so like but people once people walk into our bar, they were really surprised our collection so we were from two three draft beer after 11 years like each like we got two shop each shop we got at least 10 draft beer on tap from two to three from more than 10 now and for the bottle beer i think for the past 11 years we sold like more than 500 different kinds wow. of beer i believe wow that's quite, you did make quite a few changes then over time. People have initially where they may have been hesitant to come in, you've actually changed people's opinions, haven't you? 
Uh, I think so. Like, to be honest, I think we were like quite in Hong Kong from 11 years ago to now. I mm-hmm. think we were the first like really two, three bar in Hong Kong. We start bring the beer culture to Hong Kong. Mm. And I think we changed the mind, like people, how people look beer and like how people, like more people know rugby as well. I think beer and rugby is more, especially the local, to be honest, the expat, definitely they know yeah, what yeah. rugby is and like, oh, but when they see, because even not just us, not just the uh, our partner, we all playing rugby, even our staff, we all pay, like the staff is playing rugby as well. Mm. So when the customer or people or the local people, they walk in, oh, is they look at the little girl like they were <laughs> you paying rugby? Unbelievable. And then because in their mind, most of the local they thought like rugby is uh, similar like American football or something like yeah. you have to be like six feet tall, three hundred pounds, then you can pay rugby. Not like the five like five uh only like one point five meter tall girls and like only weigh a hundred pounds and then they <laughs> and then she tell you I'm paying rugby. That was KK and Martini, the co-owners of Gastropub Ruggers in Causeway Bay. If you would like to know more about them, check out their Instagram account at R-U-G-G-E-R-S-H-K. The pandemic has been in our lives for more than two years now. With a lot of uncertainties happening each day, it surely stirred up lots of stress, anxiety, and fear. But I just wanted to let you know that it is completely normal to feel this way. To help us understand more about this pandemic fatigue phenomenon, Jim Gould and Mike Rouse spoke to Dr. Judith Blaine, a researcher and consultant in psychology, and Dr. Hannah Reedy, CEO at the health mental charity Mind Hong Kong, to understand how we can release these feelings building inside of us and how we can adapt to this new normal. Yeah, so in essence, um, I conducted this because there was a lot of anecdotal evidence out there um, of the real sort of isolation, the fear, the anxiety, depression that came from quarantine. Um, and then, so I decided that this the best way to do this was to take a scientific approach. So it was a small scale, scale study and it was qualitative in, in nature. But the main findings that came out was that definitely the um, consequences of mandatory quarantine were quite extreme with the negative outcomes of um, feelings of confinement, anger, depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and also the thing that came out quite clearly was that if people were given a, a more openness and transparency in their um, decision making, if they were told uh, had a little bit of inclusivity in making the decisions, reasonableness, uh, responsiveness, accountability, these could mitigate the mental health effects. Um, and to rely on people's altruistic nature would definitely uh, minimize the effect. So in other words, making it you choose how to quarantine, where to quarantine, as opposed to being enforced. Uh, because we, the, we, we've all, many people have seen uh, the uh, video that emerged um, last week of uh, that poor d- uh, distressed person at the Penny's Bay uh, isolation facilities uh, who left her room and was basically uh, involved in an altercation with uh, with staff there. Um, do you think uh, it's partly you know the nature of such facilities that uh, 
um, you know, uh, of relatively Spartan and uh, and uniform, which uh, which helps to lead to um, you know people's unhappy mental state. Yeah, absolutely. And also in places like uh, the government quarantines, like Penny's Bay, and people are there as close contacts. They are not there in isolate. They're not isolated because they're ill. They're isolated because they are close contacts. And again, if uh, the, if you rely on people to do the thing for the for the community, I mean, Hong Kong people are generally have a high civic compliance, so they will do the right thing by people. And if they find that, I mean, you've you've read stories that have been posted in the South China Morning Post that people have slept on the rooftops to um, safeguard their families if they felt that they were close contacts or if they were even positive or mind you positive they'd go to hospital so yeah I think again it's the uh, sense of um, self-efficacy that has been undermined in people and this sort of autonomy and once you take that away it really does put people more on the edge they feel helpless hopeless and uh, there's a lot of anger should we carry on uh, effectively locking up close contacts well, I think we're running out of space for that. Uh, yes, we are. <laughs> but it doesn't seem to shift official thinking uh, very quickly. One thing I've talked about, maybe you also and Dr. Reedy, um, I've noticed people isolating themselves now a lot. That is, they're not going out. They're very reluctant even to do basic things. They sort of they rely on one member of the family to do the shopping, and the others just stay home. Um, People are becoming more and more afraid. Hmm. Uh, there seems to be a great deal of general reservation and unhappiness. People, why am I waking up in the morning? Why am I getting out of bed? Well, why am uh, I doing anything? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what we've come to is a sort of um, emotional exhaustion, really. It's been going on for two years, and there's this whole sense of when is this going to end? And you do, you hear of people who are not able to even get up in the morning, to, they are so depressed so on edge um, but again I think that you know this is the big thing this what are we going to do to mitigate the mental health issues this is what we've got to look at now uh, Dr. Reedy good morning to you yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and I, I agree, actually, yes, there is there is a lot of what we've, we're dubbing pandemic fatigue in Hong Kong at the moment. Um, I think that with this, this new wave coming in, um, people were already at a relatively low ebb of resilience. Um, if you think of it about being kind of pushed down and then bobbing back up again, people had already had to do that quite a few times. So now we're seeing, you know, um, a big sweep of cases and restrictions and people are um, experiencing stronger mental health complaints than maybe they were beforehand. So, yeah, I totally agree with Judith on that. Yeah, I, I agree. And, I, you know, you go back to this idea of people fearful. I think one of the big things I've found is that people are fearful not of the actual virus itself anymore. It's a fear of being separated from their family members, fear of being put in... Um, these quarantine places. So what are the signs if your mental health is beginning to slip? I think in, um, Judith, do you mind if I take this? No, I please do. I, jumped in. <laughs> um, I think um, with the signs of sort of the, the pandemic anxiety and distress that we're seeing, I think it's noticing that your mind is really quite preoccupied by stressful events, like how, how is the pandemic affecting our lives, how are, how are things going to change? Um, noticing you're very sensitive towards news or information regarding the situation. So something that people might notice is that if they are reading the news right now, 
they are focusing in a lot more on Hong Kong and the situation here and not actually paying much attention to, say, what's happening in Ukraine. Whereas if you speak to people around the world, they will all be focusing in on Ukraine. And that is nothing to do with our population being selfish or anything like that. It's just that we're being very hypersensitive to what's going on on our own um, country right now. Um, having trouble staying focused and concentrating on things, so either work or something you're trying to do to enjoy yourself. Sleep problems. Um, often people find it really difficult to fall asleep or they might feel quite restless. Um, feeling physical symptoms, so shallow breathing, noticing your heart rate getting a bit faster, you might feel jittery, and anything else that you notice that you sort of feel when you're starting to feel anxious, your stomach might mm -hmm. feel uncomfortable. Um, and then finally, just checking social media or news sources all the time. Um, it's something that we do when we're anxious because we're trying to find confirmation of, of what's going on. Um, so if you notice you're doing that more than you ever were, then it might be time to just check in on yourself as well. Some of us are still quite bouncy, despite the cumulative effect of all these months of, of being beaten down by new statistics and new rules. But we do see, or we can see, friends and relatives um, going the other way. That they're, they're losing the spark that they had. What, what can we do to help them? So I think in terms of helping friends and relatives, um, it's about being realistic but reassuring. So not just saying everything's okay, because that can come across as a bit invalidating or that you're not listening, but helping them just like you would help yourself. So helping them to find the things they can control, reminding them that things will change, maybe helping them just take a few breaths and, and just ground themselves again um, and realize that actually you know, they are going to be okay, that things can move forward helping them access support if they need um, through either charities such as MIND or professionals or through extended family. Um, but then also it's really important to take care of yourself. So even if you are one of the people who's feeling bouncy, if you are looking after lots of people, you need to look after yourself as well. When the plane is going down, you have to put your own um, oxygen supply on first. You need to keep checking in on yourself, even if at this moment you're feeling okay. Can I just add one thing to that as well? Um, yes. There's this whole concept of com um, comparative misery. So a lot of time people, because of what's going on in Ukraine and people are worse off in the world, they feel ashamed of actually saying that they're feeling miserable because they are in a better situation than others. But it's your reality. And if it's horrible for you, it's horrible for you. So to compare, you know, to say we're lucky, and we are lucky, don't get me wrong, but it's you're missing funerals, you're missing... Um, milestones, you're missing family. That's very real for people and it's absolutely okay to feel it. Dr. Judith Blaine, a researcher and consultant in psychology, and Dr. Hannah Reedy, CEO at the mental health charity Mind Hong Kong. Speaking about releasing stress and anxiety, some might find that exercising helps due to the excretion of endorphins. I know, gyms are still closed. But fear no more. You can still work up a sweat with the help of a few items. On Wednesday's Morning Brew, trainer and gym owner Chris Watts showed Phil Whelan several workouts you can do with just a resistant band. And you can easily get one in a sports shop near you. Yeah, I mean, I've reset basically, yeah, because I, I didn't stop going to work out. I had my own gym on the island that I stayed in. I, I didn't do that much. I just did my normal routines, but I just kind of maintained uh, my muscle mass because it's very easy to lose muscle mass at our age and then being in the garden here i just don't need uh to be <laughs> doing any other kind of physical fitness because i'm excavating from next door 
huge amounts of soil to bring it back in here for the garden. So that's actually a workout in itself, carrying bucket loads of soil. And I enjoy that. Yeah. I like physicality like that. You bet. And it looks really sunny. Uh, Chris is on Facebook Live if you want to see and join in. Love to. And you can still ask him yeah. any questions you like, by the way, just because he's not in his studio. Yeah, yeah really sunny. You're getting yeah. your vitamin D, aren't you? Yeah, outside is just fantastic. It's been like that ever since we got here. And it's just coming into... Uh, the point where it's going to get hotter and hotter. We're going to get up to about 35. At the moment, it's about 30 <laughs> degrees. But it'll get to 35 next month. Uh, but the nights are fantastic. There's always this lovely breeze coming off uh, the, the waters down here because that's the Manila Bay down here, which is fantastic. And and I really love that. Uh, so at night, we've only got really about four hours in the day where we just want to stay out of the sun because it's just too blistering Crazy, hot. Yeah. But the, re the rest of the time is just lovely. Yeah, absolutely perfect. Yeah, well, Chris is sitting in his lounge or whatever down there in uh, Laguna. You've got something in your hands. Have you been exercising or what? He's got a stretchy thing. Yeah, no, that, that is actually, I bought this. It's so simple. It costs about you know, 30, 40 Hong Kong dollars. Oh, yeah. It's an elastic band, which I'm going to bring with me to my quarantine. So okay. when I do my workouts, and there's umpteen things that you can do with it, whether it's push-ups or whether it's just doing a, a simple thing like doing, a, you know, sort of this kind of thing. Well, we can do some demos. This is a huge elastic band he's got. If you'd like asking Chris questions, join us on Facebook Live because <laughs> he's, he's ready to go. You're busking it. Fantastic. What are you doing? I'm ready to go, yes. So I'm basically standing on it. These are very, very strong indeed. Yeah. And there's many different kinds of grades. And then you basically, as if you were lifting a weight up, you just have that resistance band and you just do a few push presses like this. You probably can't see me very well. But anyway, that's great for the chest. That's great for the shoulders, great for the arms. It's basically a full upper body routine. It's one of those classic um, weightlifting exercises that you would do for your entire upper body and shoulder and also the back of the neck. Brilliant. Well. Listen, before we carry on, hello, Bob says, yeah. Bob A says, see you in Hong Kong soon. Bob. Oh, yeah. Hi, Bob. <laughs> Hi, Bob. <laughs> hey, listen, if we were to have one of these massive stretchy bands, right, um, yeah. what would it be the equivalent to if I had a couple of dumbbells, kind of? About, in this particular case, about six kilos on each side. So it's quite a lot. Um, but, again, you can actually change the resistance by bringing your feet close together and have a really easy one. So you can actually make it harder by bringing your feet wider. Right. And it puts a little bit more strain on the actual uh, bands themselves. So, yeah, so you would can be, play with it a little would bit. Would it be like a water bottle or more? More, right? Uh, no, more than, more than that. About three or four kilos if you're in the middle narrow, and it's about five or six kilos if you're standing a little bit further apart. Well, your camera's moving on its own. Hi, Luce. I can see you there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here's, yeah, here's this is a classic bicep one. There's, here's a, a, a very classic bicep one. Just stand here and just basically curl... And that's the same as, again, five or six kilograms of weight. He's put his feet on the bottom bit of this great big rubber band and he's pulling up the top bit, exactly. right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you can do things like um, triceps. So you're back here and you can just do tricep extension. So there's a whole host of things. You can wrap it around, uh, you know, a, a sort of a little bar. Yep. And then you can do pulls, pulling towards you. Because actually pulling exercises, I prefer these days because I actually strengthen my back more than I strengthen my front because okay. that naturally gets exercised. Where'd you get that then? Is it? Did you buy it in a car shop or is it actually from an... Or is it just yours? What's the deal? You, you can buy these uh, basically online everywhere. They're probably oh. all made in China anyway. And, and there's so they comes in with about five or six different colours. You get one even thinner than this so for, for beginners and stuff. And you can also have a really big thick band if you want to do pull-ups. 
So it's, it's kind of really cool. So these, these are simple things to take home with you. It looks really cool because it's cheap, as you say. Yes. And it would, if That's I wanted to do... Beautiful. Supposing I wanted to do something that was the same as having two, two, two dumbbells. Two yeah. light, dumbbells. Basically, I could do it, it on that, it, couldn't yeah. I? Exactly. And you can travel with it. I'm taking this to Bangkok and I'll be taking Brilliant. it back to Hong Kong. I'll put it in our studio. And the other thing we do is a little bit of isometric things for those of you watching and listening and want to practice some stuff, even in the office, because I think anything you do is potentially an exercise or, or, or that can help to can, you know, tone you up, if Go you on. like. So yeah. basically, you play, press two hands together like this, and you push firmly together. Now I'm contracting my biceps yeah. and I'm contracting my chest. This is what uh, we were doing back in the day. This is actually a 30-, 40-year-old exercise but it's all coming back again, isometric contractions. So you hold your yeah, hands, just just describe, Chris, because this is great. You you hold your hands together. Hands together up front. and then push against the push. palms. Okay. And then you'll feel biceps, you'll feel your chest, the pectoralis muscles, and also a little bit of your upper traps working as well. If you want to change it slightly, yeah. you twist your body 45 degrees, and you do that same thing at a 45-degree angle. Here you get your abs engaged as well. So it's mm -hmm. the same thing. And then you can actually change positions up here or down here. So well, this is brilliant, Chris, and it's something I'd like, I'd like to do more in weeks to come, yeah. um, kind of busking Absolutely. your exercise. We don't have to finish just yet, but it's like improvising your yeah. stuff on the go. It, it, exactly. Because, you know, once you've got the body straight and you've got the body mobile and flexible, yeah. you need the tonus, you need the strength, you need stability. And that's one of the things we find when you're spending a lot of time in the office doing your computer work, your back becomes very unstable. So you need to do a lot of things to stabilize the lower back. And you don't have to do that much. You can use these bands. I can hold the band here and actually come back up again yeah. with a band holding on as a bit of resistance. Chris, do they have a name? I mean, I know we can go and look in the stores or whatever. It's, these are called Therabands. Therabands. Um, or, yeah, just, just Therabands, T-H-E-R-A. That's the brand name. But there's, they, there's many different kind of brand names, but that's the official name for them. And this one's a little bit thicker than the thin ones you get. I prefer the thicker ones because you brilliant. can do a little bit more workout so you can invent your own stuff for instance i mean if you want to do something about biceps you can hook it around something and pull like exactly. dumbbells. You pull. Can do all that stuff. and if you want to do it over the top you want fantastic. to do the tricep extension work over the top yeah you can actually do golfing things you can have a band here and you can actually do like little swings which are kind of very functional these days yeah a anything like that just to get your body moving with resistance and and toning because in the end that's what keeps our fascia strong Absolutely. that's what keeps our body strong and in it you don't get so exhausted that was chris watts on morning brew and finally to end today's program i would like to give a special shout out to my wonderful colleague steve james who celebrated his birthday yesterday happy birthday steve hope you had a wonderful day and holiday Okay, here is Steve taking you back to that day in music. Catch you next week. Same time here on The Week on 3. I'm Christy Lai. Right, here we go. Oh, the factories may be roaring Ring. With the boom-a-lack, zoom-a-lack-a wee But there isn't any roar when the clock strikes four, four. Everything stops for tea yeah. Oh, the golfer may be golfing mm -hmm. And is just about to make a hole in three 
But it always gets and saw when the clock yells for everything stops for tea. Okay, our tea break this afternoon. This day, 1969, the small faces split up after singer Steve Marriott announced that he was leaving the band to form a group called Humble Pie. Was that Peter Frampton's gang as well? Yes, Small Faces scored the hit songs Ichiku Park, Lazy Sunday, and others, as well as their concept album Odgan's Nut Gone Flake. Great album. Uh, members Ronnie Lane, uh, Ian McLagan, and uh, Kenny Jones, I'm mangling his name, uh, linked with Ronnie Wood and Rod Stewart to form The Faces. We're going to focus on The Small Faces. Bridge of sights to rest my eyes in shades of green under dreaming spots to Ichiku Park. That's where I've been. What did you do there? I got high. What did you feel there? Well, I cried. But why the tears there? Tell you why. It's all too beautiful. It's all too beautiful. It's all too beautiful. It's all too beautiful. I feel inclined to close my mind. Get up, the ducks with a bun. They all come out to groove about. Be nice and have fun and listen. You what I'll do, what will you do? I'd like to go there now with you. You can miss out school, what that be? Why go to learn the word of who? What do you do there? 